Welcome to Wealth Made Simple with Shaz, where you'll learn how to master your money through business, property, and tax saving strategies. Your host has collectively helped his clients make tens of millions of pounds in additional profits through these strategic approaches to business. Introducing Shaz Nawaz, an award-winning chartered accountant, property tax expert, entrepreneur, and property investor. Welcome to Wealth Made Simple. Um, for this this show, we're going to discuss when you go to buy a property, whether it's an investment property or whether it's a property for your own personal home. Do you just go around, go look around, you know, see if you like the place? and then put an offer in and see where it goes from there? Or should you go in armed with some questions that you need to ask either the seller, the estate agent, your lawyer, your conveyancer, you know, all of these people, or whether or not that's part of the research you need to do on your own? Which is the best way to do it? Just, just walk in there and see if you like the property. If you like it, buy it, because... Uh, you know, it's not like it's the biggest investment you've ever made in your life, but do you know what I mean? So uh, just see how you feel. Uh, and then sometimes, sometimes <laughs> it appears that some people uh, work to that particular modus operandi. Uh, but you can get that uh, just that feeling, uh, as you've said, by looking at the photos, driving up and down the street, understanding the neighborhood, you're halfway there anyway. Uh, yeah. And I think most people don't think enough about the questions that they ought to ask, whether it's the agent or the seller or the solicitor or somebody else, to make sure that they go armed with the right questions to get the right answers. And then some of this stuff happens post-agreement to sell, yeah, which I, you're going to cover in here, I know. But anything, but you should have asked this up front. Well, I didn't think about it. Well, see, that's the biggest cost for you, the biggest purchase investment that you made in your life, it's your own home or piece of buy to let, right? it's, a, it's a significant uh, investment, maybe you ought to have thought about it a bit longer before you actually went to see the property. Why wouldn't you? It's oh. logical, isn't it? Oh, but it was such a beautiful house, Shaz, that, that I wanted to get in before anyone else had a chance. Yeah, but, but from the time you made the appointment to the time you went to see that house, there must have been some hours or days in between. Uh, what were you doing then, daydreaming? Well, yeah, this is this is it, and and yeah, I th I think, but go, going back to you know what we've said on previous is experience teaches you to ask more questions. You know, the first house you ever bought, you know, whether it's you know personally the first house you bought personally, unless you had someone tell you that you need to ask this question, this question, this question. Chances are, you went in, you looked around, you fell in love, you bought the house. Because it was, it fulfilled certain criteria. And that, that criteria, when it's your first property, generally, and, you know, it falls within budget, I can afford it, and it's in the right area-ish. And that's about it. That's about all the house needs to for a first home, for people to yeah. to, to buy it. I can afford it, and it's in the right sort of area. Okay, cool. I'll take it. The second house you buy, you know, well, what didn't I like about my last house? You're a bit so, more experienced, aren't you? Yeah, but you're looking at the last, the first house you bought, and you go, right, well, I didn't ask about the parking situation, for example. 
must make sure I've got parking in the new place. I need to ask about, you know, I need to look for cracks in the ceiling because, you know, we, we had a problem with our ceiling in that house. But you only ever continually update your list of questions based on the issues you've had in previous problems. And you've not had every, every single issue and you've not had under every the sun. Issue. No. So I think the first question everybody ought to ask is, what are the right questions I should be asking? Yeah. Uh, the right questions. Yeah. Not well, any just random questions. No, uh, you, you, sh you really do need to look at uh, how, where you're going and how you're going to structure these questions. But yeah, what, what I'll are tell you right one thing questions? now, Kieran, that just positions you so differently. Because think about it, you're selling a house, 10 people come to view it, a large proportion of them do what everybody does, look around, a bit of small chat, whatever. They'll ask you one or two questions, where are you moving to, why are you selling, whatever else, okay? And one or two people come in, armed with questions, okay, want to sit down, maybe have a cup of tea, but depending on how much time you've got, but want to ask you those questions. Wow, they're serious, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, I think I read a report on the statistics of it. Most people decide to buy a home within the first two minutes of walking through the front door. They'll spend the next 20 minutes wandering around the house, but they've already made the decision. Before they've asked any questions, before they've spoken to the seller, before they've spoken to anyone else, they have made that decision based on... The, based on the front door? Essentially, yeah, based on the front door. And, yeah, as we will go through in, you know, future episodes and, yeah, there are certain things you can do to make your house more sellable, mm -hmm. more, more enticing. So armed with that knowledge, you're there going, okay, in the first, someone's going to decide on whether or not they buy my property within the first two minutes. So I need to do this, 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 and this. That basically secures a sale. And I've done this a number of times. I have purposefully characterized a property. I have dressed a property to make it sellable. People do that all the time, even with cars. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, I mean, it's sales 101, isn't it? If the car's yeah. nice and clean and valeted and it smells nice, you're more likely to sell it. Yeah. If the car's got, you know, one odd wheel and half a bumper full of it's just dirty. It's not clean outside or inside. It puts people off, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, it really does. And, you know, it's, it's why you'll hear over and over again people talk about, you know, oh, you know, when, when you're selling a house, you know, what... Magnolia the walls, give them a clean canvas. Yeah, yeah. So they, and in my experience, that's not always necessary. If you dress it the right way, there are cheaper cheaper ways of doing it. But it's got to look fantastic. If it looks fantastic, it's clean. It's you know clean lines, you know sweet inside. People can see themselves living there. People like like the way it's laid out. Yeah, you can optimally let you. Yeah, there's the different. There's there is a difference between, for example, a lounge for let the lounge layout, whether it's optimal for sale or optimal for living, they, they are two different things. Oh, yeah. And once you understand that, it makes it a lot easier to lay it out for selling than it. You know, okay, you've got to move it move it around again when you know potential buyers left and you've got to put the house back together for living in. But, you know, that's by the by. You'll get a quicker sale out of it. You'll get a better sale out of it. Um, so. So what are the questions, some what, of the right questions to ask? Yep. Yeah. So some of the 
first question I will always ask anyone. So why are you selling the house? Why are you selling? Are you, you know, because cause you never know their situation, you know, and if they're selling for, you know, there's a thousand and one reasons to sell, you know, we've, we've just had another kid. We need to, we, we need to increase the size of the property so that, you know, we're having to move for that reason. You know, I've relocation, job change, job move, emigrating and divorce, where it might be. Yeah. Harsher side. Yeah. Divorce, split up with partner. You know, can't afford it. Can't afford Fancy it. Change, lost my job. Yeah, yeah. All sorts. All, all of these things, but all of these things are information for you to utilize to see how motivated they are to sell. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you know, in a good um, way, by the way. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, you because know, ultimately, if somebody's you know, needs to sell quickly, and you are in a position to buy quickly, then. You're you, serving them and doing them a favour. You're creating a win-win situation. Getting them out of their situation. Because they don't want to be in there any longer than they have to. Yeah. But you can facilitate that. W which would somebody rather do? Would they rather, and I'm going to use this as an example, but would they rather wait and take maybe, you know, exact asking price or, you know, and, and but that, that could be six, 12 months down the road or would they rather take a five, ten grand hit on the overall cost of the property, asking price, but they sell now and they're out in three months? Yeah, and not everybody's going to give you an honest answer. No, it's no, worth not. asking just to see what it is. I think it's a nice opening, obvious, common question to ask. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, just do it. And it starts the conversation rolling. Like, oh, okay, so so you move in. Yeah, I've been there. Yeah. You can start having more of a friendly conversation. And next question I ask always, you know, so how long has it been on the market for? Because that gives you an indication of how much interest they've had. You know, has it been, oh, no, we only put it on the market last week. Okay, it's fr fresh up, fresh on yeah. the market. Oh, we've been trying to sell this for the last six months. Oh, big tell, difference. Telltales, yeah. Why isn't it selling? Yep. Um, and then that, that should um, get, get you to ask more questions, think about it more. Uh, in terms of why the property hasn't sold and or if there are any defects or any of the reasons. Yeah, yeah, ex exactly that. And, you know, has, and this is some research that I would do prior on, you know, Rightmove or Zoopla or something, is has the value of the property changed? Mm. And I don't mean has the value of the property changed since it was built or since it was first sold because... Or bought, yeah. Yeah, you know, because that's unreal an unrealistic margin. But has it changed? Have they, for example... Did that house go on the market at two hundred thousand pound? Has it now dropped to one hundred and eighty? Has it dropped to one hundred and seventy? Yeah, that that tells you a lot. Um, yeah. Also, you know, something you can find on Rightmove, Zoopla, and a number of other sites is how often that property's been sold. Because you know, has it changed hands a lot? Has, has it has it been around the block? Yeah. Mm. <laughs> but. Yeah. And if so, why? Is it an investment property that doesn't yield good tenants? Is it an investment property that doesn't get tenants because of its location? Mm -hmm. If it's oh, changed, it's, it's condition, yeah. Yeah. If it's changed hands a lot, that could tell you a lot about it. Um you can ask this, I tend not to, but it's something that, you know, if if it feels right, then you can ask: Is you know what's the minimum price the seller will agree on? 
yeah, it depends on on where you are in the conversation, how conversational you've got with them, how friendly you are with them. But you know, some some people have a minimum amount that you know, look, the house is on at two hundred, but if I get one six five, one seventy, I'll take it and run because I need to get out, and that covers everything I need it to cover, and I'm good. Well, okay. Well, I personally would then, you know, if it was a property I wanted, probably go in and offer one eighty because you know I'm not a monster. Yeah, you've got some wiggle room there and you know what your numbers are you know what their numbers are you know you're not there to take advantage of people and that that's something that i think yeah but i've probably done sold for, for six nine months here and it's the price has been reduced a couple of times the reason it's not selling it's not the right price and the, as you know uh, you've got to have a, a willing buyer and a willing seller yeah exactly uh, that. so you know i think people shouldn't be afraid to low ball offers but there's got to be a reason for it just as yeah. low balling is playing silly buggers yeah. uh in my uh world but but if you give if you justify it with some reasoning to help them understand and explain why you're doing that i think there's nothing wrong with that yeah but just going in cheap to mess somebody around and get, people get fed up mate they can't be bothered uh with those and, and I don't they, and anyone they don't take you seriously and I, I don't think we should do that but if you've got some valid reasons to do that yeah. Absolutely. It's been on the market for 18 months. It's been reduced three times already. It's in a, you know... Got to sell, got to move. Uh, all the, all want the cash quick. Well, I'm going to get a mortgage, but I could raise the cash if I do that. Okay. Uh, it might cost me more to raise the cash. or oh, I've got it. I don't really want to use it. If I use it, uh, I, I'm exposing myself to a bit more risk uh, in terms of using my rainy day fund. In order for me to do all those things, what kind of discount are you going to give me? Because it's, it's an exchange of value. It's an exchange it? of value, yeah. yeah. It's got to be fair no, on both that. sides. Yeah, no, and there's no, no, nothing no, wrong with that. Yeah, yeah. But I think a lot of the time people think, especially especially of property investors, yeah, oh, you're just trying to get a cheap deal, you're trying to rip someone off, you're trying and you get a bad rap. And I don't agree with with you know any of that. You know, if you can get a good deal that works for both of you, and this is the key thing that everyone always glosses over works for both of you. You can't rip somebody off if Kieran you're saying I'm I'm selling this pen for a pound and I'm saying I'll give you fifty pence and you agree to sell it. You've not been ripped off. You no, agree to it. You agree to it. Exactly that. Yeah. Um ask the seller if they've already bought a new home or found a new home. Because that can delay delay uh, I had a purchase um that didn't go through in the end uh because the the sellers they they agreed they agreed the price that I offered them. They agreed you know, everything was agreed. They agreed what was what was going to be saying, what was going to be all the rest of it. They hadn't found a new property. The reason they hadn't found a new property is they were they were looking for the one. They were looking for their forever home, that 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 place that they could move into and never move again. And we had that on hold for, I think it was eight months. Mm-hmm. And then I pulled out, and I was like, "Look, you, you, you've been you've been looking for you were you were looking for a year before I came along and put an offer in. You've been looking for eight months since I put the offer in, and then they uh, then they decided that. And so I had an open conversation with them. Yeah, I said, yeah. "Look, perhaps you should take yours off the market until you found." The one you want that's right but linked with that i think it's always worth asking them uh if you're selling or uh, and then or you and you're buying and your uh sellers buying as well do you know how many people there are in the chain because there's just 10 people in the chain you're buggered there's yeah. one or two 
whatever, it's fine because it's going to delay and prolong because everybody's got to exchange complete, right? And that's just going to make it not it's so. A whole house yeah, of cards. and then if you're looking exactly, and if you're then looking to move into the house quickly, because uh, you already sold yours, okay, uh, or about to sell and uh, about to exchange or whatever, because you waited until that happens to find your next property. Well, you got a problem because you're going to have to rent in between possibly or you ask your buyer to hold and think we don't want to hold. That makes sense. So I think yeah. it's, it's worth asking how many people are there in the chain. If, and if you don't don't know, maybe find out. Yeah, absolutely. Um, got some questions from Facebook. Um, how can I determine from Fiaz? Uh, good evening, Fiaz. How are you? Uh, how can I determine the appropriate rent to charge for my commercial property to attract tenants and ensure profitability? Mm-hmm. Good question. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, my thoughts are on it. Um, you need to run the numbers. You need to do 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 the numbers. You know what is what are your outgoings on that property? What are the service costs and all the rest of it alongside it? And then, so what are you having to pay out as a minimum? And then, what profit yield are you getting? Uh, do you want to get? But also. What are others in the air market area charging around you? Yeah, absolutely. So I, I'd say that's the first place to start. And thank you for your question, Fias. Uh, is what's the price per square foot in that area? Yep. Uh, and then work on that and see if that works for you. And then think about what changes can I make? Because if you've got a 10,000 square foot building and renting out to one entity, might may be difficult. So you think, how can I break the property up? Because, you know, if you've got three or four tenants... Uh, the accumulative rent is going to be higher than one person paying you. Yes, on the flip side, you've got the extra headache of managing four people, but if you've got a lease, short-term, medium-term, long-term lease, uh, that helps you address m- most of those concerns, uh, especially if it's a full repairing and insuring lease. Uh, uh, so you'll be able to get more rent. So if you can, Fiaz, break up the property rather than having one tenant have two or three tenants, that works. Having smaller shops, like usually easy to rent out, uh, especially the small businesses and they don't have to pay small business uh, rates uh, or they get small business rates relief. Uh, that always helps. Uh, and it's easier to get a tenant to pay you 10000 than it is to find a tenant who's going to pay you 100000 uh, So you could do that. And then obviously also look at uh, how best can you utilize the space. So I'm thinking about, what about serviced offices or hot desks? Is that going to work? Does the area lend itself to that or should I do a bit of that or create some communal space shared offices is that going to work well or do i just want to get the rent every month and hand it over to somebody else uh as a tenant uh i do have extra space can i put some more units on here whether it's mobile or, or physical that helps can i ch- what if i change the planning permission okay on from its current use to some other use in which there's a sector which can afford to pay your higher rent yeah that helps there's again a bit of effort to go in there uh, and what I would say, Fiaz, is, uh, and you haven't asked the question, and you might not be interested, but I'll be thinking about, what if I can work this to flats and apartments? How much is that going to cost me? How much is that going to be worth? Uh, and is that going to give me a better return overall at the end? Yeah. Just to compare. Yeah, just just a comparison comparison and analysis, I think we like to call it. Yeah. Um, and he, uh, Fiaz has also asked, can we provide any tips on negotiating lease agreements with potential tenants? Lots. That, that, uh, yeah, we'll, we we will perhaps do an entire show dedicated to negotiation strategies, and uh, I will take a note of that. Yeah, for, well, it depends, for, I think for it, next week. partly it depends on on how 
trued up and smart and difficult there uh, the lessees solicitor is and how difficult and awkward that they are and how difficult and awkward you want to be or how compromising you want to be because you can argue over every single point in uh, or every single clause in a lease you can have a five page lease you can have a 10 page lease and i've seen a 150 page lease so how deep detailed and deep do you want to go and then depending on which points they want to negotiate but generally speaking it's the rent the tenure as in the the length break clauses who's paying for what okay what kind of planning permission they've got accessibility uh, is it in the landlord and tenants act 1954 security of tenure those are the kind of kind of common things people look at okay and obviously to make sure that the tenants paying the insurance uh but some get awkward tenants want to basically uh negotiate on every point i'm not seeing every single point but quite a few points i think if you're just prolonging this this whole thing it doesn't need to be this long yeah i mean personally i quite like to if if i'm leasing out a building i like to give the building over to them they are responsible for absolutely everything and they're responsible for giving it back to me in the state it was given to them dilapidations yeah so you already want clarity on that and also is there a rent-free period yeah people ask for that are you making any kind of contribution if you need uh fixing up uh usually that's a negotiation compromise on you can have a rent free period but you need to spend some money in the property to bring it up to scratch yeah. or, or you bring it up to scratch yourself and then charge them the rent and they say i want it back in this particular condition i'd rather do the work myself and say i want it back in this condition rather than give them a rent free period because then they've spent money on it it's now when they give it back to you, for example it's old and used and then you got to give somebody else a rent free period why not just do it once and then fix it up and then the person gives it back to you and how they found it yeah that that that's my preferred method but ultimately um and it's something we've said before is a good negotiation is one where both parties walk away unhappy yeah i think you know, I, I could have got, got a bit more and I, and I gave too much away yeah as long as both parties feel that way then you've probably got it about right and it's about equal that that's that's what i would say mm-hmm. um so yeah there you are for yes hope that helped uh anything else feel free to get in touch um but so back to the uh, questions back back to the back to the questions and bear in mind that a lot of these questions are applicable to commercial as well as residential properties mm-hmm. that, that they work for both um so and you know even more so probably more so with commercial properties you need to be asking mm-hmm. these questions because it's a much bigger space. Yeah. Um now you can ask um you can ask them they're not obliged to tell you but have you received any other offers? See 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 where see Yeah, see, this, yeah see, we see, have some offers or whatever yeah, but yeah, yeah. they're not going to disclose them. But yeah, it's worth asking. It's it's always worth asking. Mm-hmm. Um then you know this can you can ask them this, you can do your own research, you can ask the estate agent this. Um what's the local area like? Yeah. Have you found it? What are the Yeah, do some online research on that as well. Especially if you're not familiar with it. Yeah. Mhm. Um are there any local development plans? Is is there any planning applications going through, you know, oh, you know, check the on check the um council planning website portal, yeah, planning yeah. portal yeah. to to check that cuz that will make a massive difference in and certain areas. The local search will pick that up as well, yeah. Yep. Um when it comes to, you know, commercial properties, what what um if you're going to be renting it out what cent what um lease period are you looking at to leasing out are you doing 5 year 10 year 7 year whatever leases you know, what's your plan for that and 
if you've got tenants in situ, if you're buying a commercial place, what is their um, current mm -hmm. agreement? Yeah, and get that checked out. Yep. Yep, get that checked out. Have they ever had any damp issues? You know, big thing, but mm -hmm. people always, you know. Um, I would ask them how they get on with their neighbors. Yeah. How, and what their neighbors like. Yeah, what, what are your neighbors like? Are the neighbors owners or are they tenants? Yeah. Um, and are there, um, what, what are they including in the sale in terms of. That's an interesting one. Yeah. People don't ask that and they want to go straight to leave the chandelier there and the curtains and the dining table. Should have asked that before you put the offer forward. Yep. Because yeah. they're going to charge you for it now and some might, most don't. Yeah, exactly that. So um, how energy efficient is it? Yeah. How, how, you know, you know, and... What's the parking like? What's the parking like? Um, all these things are, you know, I think, what's the water pressure like? Mm-hmm. Is it hard water? Is it soft water? Important questions to ask. And how long have we lived here? Then we've been moving up to out after six months. There might be a yeah. few more issues. Yeah, so that's always a good one to ask, I think. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, and that is about. All and that's yeah, that, that's just some of the questions, Kieran. Obviously, there's many more people oh, there's, can ask there's many, based many on their more. own requirements and needs. But I mean, the 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 primary point is make sure that you do ask questions ask and you don't questions. go in, yeah. don't go in blind. Yeah, that's right. Um, so, yeah, and that's about all we've got time for this week. Uh, so we will see you same time, same place next week. Thanks for listening to Wealth Made Simple. You can follow and contact Shaz on the Facebook pages Entrust Property Tax and The Profits Wizard. You can also find Shaz on LinkedIn, YouTube and Instagram. Alternatively, email him at shaz at aa-accountants.co.uk. Build your wealth by mastering money. <laughs>